Thanks for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life, then let us know by sending us an email to mystory@timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at timberlakechurch.com give. Enjoy the message. I don't know if I got that one. How are you doing? Good to see you today. We are in, I'm Ben, I'm the lead pastor. We're week two in a series uh, where we're really considering not only relationship, uh, but the, uh, the marriage relationship. And I know that we all come from different backgrounds. You might be here and you're dating. Uh, and by the way, if you're dating, you're the ones who have marriage all figured out. Uh, you might be here and you're single again. Uh, you might be here and you say, hey, we're married and we're doing well. But others of us might say, you know, there's, there's some improvements that could be made in our relationship. And so we're looking at happily even after. And today I want to look at our communication uh, in a marriage. Uh, every time I tell my wife I'm speaking on, uh, or we're having a message on communication, she asked me if there's a guest speaker, uh, <laughs> and uh, that's just because she knows me. Uh, and as we look at this, I want you to consider not only uh, what you've experienced, but what God would say to you, uh, really, to move into the future. Uh, now, communication can be a mess. We all understand that. We've all experienced that uh, from time to time. Uh, in fact, sometimes I feel like I'm an expert at what not to do. Uh, when it comes to uh, communication. Uh, I actually started ministry here uh, on the east side. Uh, I was a college pastor back in the day. It used to be a much larger church at east side Foursquare Church. Uh, Doug Muren was a pastor then, way back then. And he was known uh, for communications uh, gaffes every once in a while. Uh, and uh, he was trying to get uh, through about how God and how you just had to have his heart. And he said, I really all want you to have the fart of the hover. And it, yeah, that did not go out very, go very well. Uh, and uh, one time, uh, Doug is still a good friend and mentor of mine. Uh, at the end of the service, uh, he would ask people if they wanted to accept Jesus, something we do here. And uh, he, he looked uh, out and often as we do, we say, hey, look up if you want to say yes to Jesus. And uh, he looked out and he said, will you raise your eyes if you want to accept Jimmy into your life today? <laughs> and they're like, no, I don't want Jimmy. I want Jesus. <laughs> and, of course, one of the most famous gaffes uh, was uh, Jimmy Carter as uh, he was uh, speaking in Poland during the time of communism. And uh, what he meant to say is, I have come to understand your desires for your future. And what really was translated is, I desire the Polish people carnally. <laughs> it did not go over uh, really well. Well, when it comes to uh, our words and how we use them, a great place to look is the book of Proverbs. In fact, I want us to uh, read a verse out loud together if you're ready to do that. Can you do that? Okay, Proverbs 18, 21. Don't leave me hanging like you normally do. 
<laughs> Ready, set, read. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. That there are words that can be life-giving, there are words that can be life-taking. You remember those words that have totally uh, changed your life. Those words when someone said, I believe in you, or you're, you're hired, or you made the team. I mean, I, I, I remember uh, those words as well in my own life when my wife said, I, I do. And I'm like, really? That's awesome. Uh, when uh, the doctor said, you're going to have a baby girl. When one of my teachers said, you know what? You're the most gifted student I have ever had. That never happened, but that would have been awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, there, there, there's so much when it comes uh, to this. And really, as we understand uh, really who we are and, and how we communicate with each other. Uh, in the book of Proverbs, it talks so much about uh, communication. In fact, there's 120 Proverbs uh, regarding communication. And uh, there's so much that we can learn from this in our relationships. Whether you're married, whether you're married again, or never intend to be married, uh, if, when communication is a mess, it can really ruin everything. When communication is great, you can go through a difficulty in your life, and you can get through it, you can grow through it, and God can do something in your own life in the midst of it. Words really do have the power of life and death, like our scripture said. They've actually started wars, uh, bullying. We've seen kids even take their own lives because of words. It can kill a person emotionally. Dr. Henry Cloud uh, wrote this when it came to uh, our words. He says, if you go to work or school tomorrow, the people you see who have their heads laying low are sad, depressed, or burned out. You can usually trace it back to a hurtful interaction they had with someone. When someone is hurting, 99% of the time, someone else's words were on the other end of that. But then words can also be powerful. We can receive uh, guidance and direction. We can get hope. Words can heal a relationship. They can heal a marriage. And so we need to understand uh, how to communicate in a way that is life-giving. And there's a gravitational pull, though, when it comes to our communication, uh, that it would break down. And there's reasons for that. One is, uh, and if you're taking notes, this is our first fill-in, gender differences. Uh, men and women are different. Have you noticed that? Yeah, is that we, uh, we communicate differently. Uh, you know, for, for example, when a woman says, she has, usually when a woman says, uh, I have nothing to wear, it means that there's nothing new to wear. When a man says, I have nothing to wear, he means I have nothing clean to wear. And that's sort of how we are. We sort of have the, these differences uh, in us. We often, these differences can cause us to uh, go from attraction to attacking one another. There's relational drift as well. There's also past baggage, that our past baggage can cause us uh, problems, especially when it comes to our communication. 
my wife and I are very different people. We come from very different families. Her family was more like the Cleavers. Mine was more like the Adams family. And uh, as I've said before, her mom and dad had 11 kids. My mom and dad had 12 marriages. And so, you know, a little bit different when we came together. Her brothers and sisters were lawyers and doctors, and my brothers and sisters went to lawyers. That's sort of a, uh, the difference. I shouldn't say went, still do. <laughs> so uh, there's, there's all these differences that we have. And part of it, too, can be unresolved conflict. We have conflict that we've not resolved, and we now bring into the marriage relationship. And then there's spiritual battle. And I think we downplay this one a little bit too much. You think about the core family, the core unit that God has created for the nurture of children, for us to find safety and security, for us to understand what it means to give and receive love. It's, it's in that context of a family, that, that marriage relationship. I know that not all of us will be married, but most of us at some point in our life will be. And maybe even you had a bad experience in that, but don't let that bad experience tarnish what, what God really wants for you. And, and in that, in our bad experience, we can often uh, really go into a mindset that, well, things are never going to be better. I can never experience that very thing that God has for me. There's, there's a spiritual battle. And just think about a, a way to be discouraged. I don't know about you. There, things can happen in society. Things can happen uh, at work. Uh, of course, never, nothing ever bad happens here at church. We just stand around and pray all day long. And, uh, and we can survive that. But when there's, when there's that mess at home, then that can really be devastating to us. Uh, and it really can take us away from what God has for us. And it often begins and often ends, quite frankly, with our words. So what we want to do is consider how to build better communication. Any of you have this whole, any of you married and have this communication thing totally nailed yet? Only me. Okay. The, uh, no. uh, we, we all have issues when it comes to communication. Uh, Carrie Patterson wrote the book Crucial Conversations. Her premise is that most of the problems we have are based in the conversations that we are having, not having, are not having very well. Behind it is a false either-or we tell ourselves. We choose often between preserving the relationship or telling the truth, sharing our feeling, or maybe just sometimes even quite honestly suffering a little bit in silence. And there can be more than that. In fact, there's a way that's uh, laid out in the Scripture in the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs, there's 120 Proverbs when it comes to our words and how we use them, it talks about how to have this kind of communication that's life-giving, not life-taking. We've all had that life-taking communication, haven't we? Where someone degrades you, 
demeans you. Where maybe it's even words that you've repeated to yourself. But the life-giving communication is where you've heard, I love you. I accept you. You made the team. Whatever it is. I forgive you. And so that's what we want to move towards is life-giving communication. In fact, I would say this. If you're here today and you say, okay, we're married, then we saw the series and uh, happily even after, so we knew it was going to be about rebuilding. And, uh, and you know, there's, there's, we're doing okay, but honestly, we don't have a lot of hope that we're going to have a great marriage relationship. I, I truly believe that if you'll step into God's wisdom, if you'll step into his hope, if you'll step into his plan, that he will do something that only he could do. Every once in a while, I'll hear this. Well, I'm at the end of my rope. Good! Because if you keep on trying things that aren't working, maybe now is the time to try a different way. When you're at the end of your wisdom, guess what? You're ready for God's wisdom. How many of you would like your spouse to have God's wisdom? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> I, the truth, really, and here, here's one thing I just want to say, because I know when communication is a mess, uh, it can be hard. You might say it's unrecoverable. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. For every bad story you can tell me, I can tell you ones that are substantially worse and people who are happy and whole and healthy personally in their relationship with God and with each other. These aren't platitudes. These are principles of hope because they're based on how God designed us to live. And I know what happens. I mean, have you, have you noticed, I truly, some of you don't believe in spiritual battle, but I do believe in this whole idea is that the enemy of our souls, that, uh, now that, this may have not happened. If you're married here, uh, have you ever gotten in an argument on your way to church? Yeah, it's happened, right? And he would, would admit that? And, and uh, why? It's sort of like right when you're ready to hear from God, like the enemy of our souls would want to discourage us. Uh, and, and I would just say this, one of the reasons you should listen to me not only is because I study the Bible, is because we do incredibly well. My wife and I, literally, we have not had an argument coming to church in 25 years. Not once. We don't drive together. That's one of the reasons why. Uh, <laughs> that's probably the major reason why. There's not only hope to heal the past. There's power to move into a great future. I was just thinking about it, and I was thinking through this, this both personally and biblically, of the people who have sat in my office in over 10 years as being the senior pastor here, and even before that. And they, and they, they tell me their stories, and they're like, this is what happened, and... and, and you know, and I hear the story and they're like, do you think there's any hope for us? And I'm thinking in my mind, no. I'm not a very good pastor sometimes. I just want to let you know that. And then I, I just say, but if you'll submit to God completely and fully, He can do a work because I want to believe that and I know it's true. And I was just thinking, I was going through 
some notes. I was looking at some old testimonies of people over the years. Of people, If you knew the depth of despair their marriage had sunk into, you would say, hey, you just got to understand, some things can't be healed. And yet, today, they're happy. Honestly, happier, not, not to compare too much, but literally happier than 90, 95% of married couples I know who haven't gone through those problems. See, it's never too late to have a fresh start. If you're willing, and if you're willing to accept God's wisdom. And see, here's a problem for some of us. We want the outcome without God's wisdom, right? And you can do that. This is America. You are free. You can vote for that. But you're going to get the outcome. And so the writer of Proverbs, uh, I I love uh, Proverbs. In fact, I was really going back and forth thinking, hey, which passage, because there's great, the book of Ephesians has some great stuff. Uh, when it comes to this uh, as well. The writer of Proverbs describes life as it is. Not necessarily how we want it to be, but as it is. And there's incredible wisdom. In this writer of Proverbs, uh, most of these were written uh, by Solomon, he gives us wisdom for building better communication. And so if you say, hey, I don't know if our marriage can get better. Here's what I want to tell you. It can. Well, you don't know. Okay, I've only talked to six, seven hundred, eight hundred couples over the years. Maybe way more than that. It can. It can when we choose to step into God's wisdom. And for some of you, I just really feel like the Lord is saying this today, is that you're resisting that. You're letting, you're letting your limitations control what happens in your marriage. Instead of saying, God, I want your power. I want your wisdom. And it begins with understanding what he has to say to us. Well, the first thing for building better communication is choose words for intention and effect. Uh, we really... Uh, think about these words. I, I mean, they're words that are life-giving, aren't they? You've heard these words. When first time someone said, maybe your spouse said, I love you. You made the team. A teacher. You remember those? Hey, you're one of the best students I've ever had. No one ever said that to me, but I'm still hoping. And these words can have incredible impact but we need to choose for intention but also the effect as well you think about the words we use and the words we even use in our family uh when my one of my daughters uh was little uh i thought uh i i didn't know what she was trying to say but she was walking around the house and she was going shh Because she had learned a dirty word from her mother. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, we, we need, seriously, we, we, when we hear the words, maybe back in our own children, that we've said, we understand that we need to be more careful. It says this in Proverbs 29.20, Do you see someone who speaks in haste? 
there's more hope for a fool than for them. So we need to understand uh, that we need to choose our words wisely. What do I mean uh, by that? Gross exaggeration. You're never on time. You're always like that. You're never there for me. Refusing to accept responsibility. Silence and withdrawal. Raising your voice. Threatening divorce. These are all words that uh, can really destroy a relationship. They're words that can lead us in a direction that we don't want to go. It says in Proverbs 26.17, like one who grabs a stray dog by the ears is someone who rushes into a quarrel, not their own. Don't you love that one? Isn't that a great image? Sometimes we're focused on everyone else's problems. And the, and the image given there is not only to, to not do that, but really focus on our own as well. Number two, make tone and timing part of your strategy. Psychologist Al, Albert Mabram became famous years ago what he's called the 7%, 38%, 55% rule of communication. According to his research, he said that what we say verbally is about 7% of what people hear. Our tone is 38%. And our body language is 55% of what they hear in what is communicated. Often we need to understand the louder our words, the less you're communicating. It's easy to forget that we're on a team. Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle word turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And we all know that. Uh, to be true. It says in Proverbs 21, 21, He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from calamity. And when communication is a mess, we need to start reorienting our communication in our life. We need to ask ourselves uh, the acrostic think. Is what I'm saying true? Is it helpful? Is it informative? Is it necessary? And is it kind? See, oftentimes things can be true, but they're not helpful, right? Things can be informative, but they're not necessary. And when we use that tool, we become what the Bible calls mature. It says uh, in Ephesians uh, 4, 26 and 27, and this isn't in your outline, when it's talking about communicating, it's talking about doing so in the moment. It says, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. I shared this story uh, before how my wife and I, about seven years into our marriage, uh, we were hitting a quitting point in our marriage relationship that uh, we had moved to a new city and we were determining whether we were going to move into the same house together or not. I, I don't think I've shared what changed that uh, is that my wife, in spite of me, she showed incredible 
in godly love. Her words became words of hope. Maybe you are in that point in your marriage relationship and things are a little more difficult than you would like to admit. Are you sharing words of resignation? Things will never get better. Are you sharing words of hope? Part of that is number three, to share the last 10%. What's normal for married couples is to be about 80 or 90% honest, but to hold back on 10 to 20% because we feel stupid, we're afraid, we don't know where it's going, that we'll be hurt or they'll be hurt. But then your spouse doesn't really get to know the real you. It's impossible for them to love you because all they know is a version of you. Deception is not a great building block for a relationship. Now, we don't mean to deceive, but sometimes we can when we hold back our heart, when we hold back our hurts, when we hold back our hopes. Proverbs 26, 28 says, A lying tongue hates those it hurts. A flattering mouth works ruin. The idea is when we're not telling the truth and really the whole truth in the appropriate way, that oftentimes we're holding back from the very thing we want. And that's for God to work a, do a work of healing and restoration and hope. Number four, work quickly as possible towards forgiveness and healing. And that's so important uh, in our relationship. When communication is sort of a mess, it says this in Proverbs 15:4: the tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. See, oftentimes it, it's sort of uh, we're holding back. You know what? You know when people are going to say the nicest things about you. You know when that is? Your eulogy. Isn't that, isn't that great? There's only one problem with that. They're dead. Yes, they can make, they, they hear you from heaven. But oftentimes, the true feelings of our heart, we hold back. And when communication is a mess, here's, here's the problem, is we're afraid to try harder than the other person. Because we're saying, what if they don't reciprocate? Maybe the greater threat is they would have reciprocated if we just would have shared our heart. If we just would have uh, opened up. If we just would have said, you know, I want this to get better. Finally, number five. Make awesome your goal. Awesome really is uh, the goal that we are all shooting for in our relationship. Proverbs 16.24 says, Kind words are like honey. They cheer you up and make you feel strong. So when communication is a mess, we have a, the opportunity to press forward, to share those words that are hopeful that are healing or we have the opportunity to hold back 
and then say, I wonder what would have happened. Maybe today you're, there's some things that you just need to share and you've been holding back. Maybe words that could change the trajectory of your marriage. Words like, I still love you. I forgive you. I have hope for us. I want this to get better. I'm not going to give up on you. You still mean the world to me. I forgive you. I have hope for what God will do is if we come to Him, if we learn what it means to love each other again. See, even when communication is a mess, it doesn't need to stay that way. It's not about erasing every negative thing that's ever been said. It's about hearing those words of hope. It's about stepping into the future that God has for you. And maybe for you, it's you're coming on the backside of a relationship that's over. And you need to, to, to hear God's plan for you that, that that is not the end of who you are, that He still wants to do a work in your life. He understands the pain that you're going through and He wants to bring healing to that. Or maybe you're here and you say, hey, we're in it and we're surviving, but we want so much more than that. And the great thing is, is that God wants so much more than that for you as well. He wants to do a work that only He can do through the power of His Holy Spirit. And the thing is, the only thing that can keep us from that in our lives, in our relationships, is us just saying, no God, I'm going to do this on my own. And maybe you come here and things are great. And you say, you know what? Uh, we're doing well. Uh, we're communicating well. Uh, and I think that's awesome. I'm glad for you. And I hope that you can see that God, uh, God is working. But you might say, hey, I'm, I'm at the end of, of my efforts, the end of what I can do. And sometimes that's an awesome place to be because that's where you can trust God and you can trust His power and you can trust Him to work right now. I've seen year after year people who, who struggle and, and their communication is just an indication of a relationship where hope has been lost, where hurt has determined the order of the day, and they're trying their best till the inevitable conclusion when it's over. And then I've seen people who take that moment and they say, God, we're open to you fully and completely. And time and time again, where honestly, if you were going to ask me and I've talked to them, you say, well, what did you think? And I'm like, man, I, I just didn't see how this could be brought back together again, except for God. If you're here today and 
maybe it's a mess. If you'll take that mess and you'll say, Jesus, we give this mess to you. The Bible says he can do more than we ask or even imagine. And I've seen it year after year, week after week. Do you know that the health of your marriage, the joy in your marriage, the fulfillment in your marriage is not dependent upon everything that came before this moment. It's dependent upon you and your willingness to say, God, we give you this blessing or we give you this mess. And we want to follow you. And we want to know what it means that the two become one flesh. And in that there's healing, in that there's hope, in that there's an incredible future. I don't want to minimize anything that's happened before this moment. But I've got to tell you, over being a pastor now for about 30 years, at least since I was six years old. Yeah. The, some of you believe me. That was great. I've seen it time and time again. Your hurt is not the thing. Your pain is not the thing. Your sin is not the thing that will keep you from healing. It's you saying, God, I don't want to, or God, I don't believe you can do it. And so I encourage you, even in this moment, that you would do business with God. Will you, will you pray with me? If you're here with your spouse, I would just encourage you uh, to go ahead and, and reach out and hold their hand. And if you're single, will you just keep your hands to yourself? Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church Podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.